0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes
2: for Radio Lamont or visiting Radiolamon.com.
0: Live from TrackSide, this is Imzo Radio.
2: And welcome along to another spectacularly packed sports car weekend, all sanctioned by IMSA, as we've moved from the seaside at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca, where we had our last live broadcast for IMSA Radio, up to the very picturesque Finger Lakes region of upstate New York, as you might imagine, boating, fishing vineyards as well up here. Lots to do and nestled just gently in the middle of this tourist area, one of the finest racing circuits in the world. We're at Watkins Glen in the National. There's history of plenty here and we're making more this weekend with the Tudor United Sports Car Championship and the Searland's six hours at the Glen live here on IMSA Radio <laughs>
0: The Tudor United Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio.
2: Perfect timing. You join us as the first of the cars head out of the paddock directly opposite us. They're turning right to head down into the pit lane. I'm John Hindhoff. Good morning uh, welcome along. It's uh, just coming. It's just after a quarter to 11 Eastern Daylight time. Jeremy Shaw joins me in the booth for what has already been a spectacular day of practice and qualifying the low cloud earlier on, just burning off, still got one or two clouds, but not looking anywhere near as threatening as it was and a bit of sunshine on the front straight to greet the Tudor United Sports Car Championship and not only the standard championship this weekend, of course, Jeremy, this is the third point scoring round of the North American Endurance Cup as well. So double bubble this weekend.
3: Yeah, and uh, everybody always excited to come here to upstate New York and Watkins Glen International, as you were saying, one of the classic racetracks I- in the world, uh, and with good reason. It's got uh, every kind of corner you can imagine. It's got a lot of elevation change. It's a real challenge, this racetrack, and it's certainly among everybody's favourites for their, the track they most enjoy racing upon.
2: Just heading down towards the end of the pit lane, one of the big stories of the weekend jeremy and i appreciate we've talked about it already and end our bo- bonus coverage yesterday people joining us all the time Mazda, have a split strategy this weekend that's even more split than usual
3: yeah plan b uh, they've got a um, one of the one of the regular this season sky active diesel powered cars but also one of the cars the uh, number 70 has been uh, has been changed over to what was very similar to the, the, the engine they've been running in the past, developed by AER, the Mazda MZRR engine, two-litre, four-cylinder, uh, direct injection, but uh, running on on petrol fuel, on, on gasoline fuel. And uh, that is going to be very interesting to see how that car shapes up against the rest of the contenders in this class. They come here with high expectations. That car... Uh, or similar car, certainly in, the, in that configuration, run by Dyson Racing in the American Le Mans series for several years. Didn't actually race here at Watkins Glen, but uh, the cars should suit this sort of a racetrack, and the team is very, very optimistic. The 70 car will be driven this weekend by Tristan Nunez, Jonathan Bomarito, and Sylvan Tremblay. Uh, the 07 car, with Tom Long and Joel Miller joined this weekend, by Ben Devlin, that will still be relying on the Skyactiv diesel.
2: So if you are just joining us, that was the big news uh, earlier on in this week. And uh, it's been coming for a little while, but the guys have taken the plunge this weekend. We wait to hear from the powers that be at Mazda, uh, which would be John Doonan, uh, and the guys down under the awning about what the future lies, uh, what future lies for that car, what the future holds for that car, and whether we'll see it two diesels, one and one, or indeed two gasoline-powered cars through the rest of the season. What it is going to allow them to do is to evaluate their programme, and it seems to me, Jeremy, that what they are doing here is they are looking to the future. There's, There's a big change coming in prototype racing all over the world, and particularly in the level of prototypes that we see here in the American Le Mans series. Uh, both in the FIA World Endurance Championship, the ACO Championships in Europe and the Far East, and here, come certainly 17, things are going to look very different from what they are now. This seems to me a very sensible move by Mazda as a manufacturer to evaluate what options they might have for them.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the rules are not yet set in stone for 2017, but we know that is when the uh, the major changes are going to come for prototype racing, and particularly for P2, which is basically the the basis on which we're racing here in North America and likely to be doing so uh, more so from 2017. Now, of course, we've got this kind of equivalency between the P2 cars, established P2 cars, such as the Lola Mazdas and the uh, Ligier Honda run by Michael Shank Racing, which is supporting a a new color scheme again this weekend, a new... uh, Aero advanced paint on scheme on that car, uh, but yeah, they're looking towards the future because what we're hearing is uh, more and more that the FIA and the ACO, the Automobile Club de, l- de l'Ouest, the sanctioning body for the Le Mans 24 Hours, the blue ribbon for endurance sports car racing, are looking towards new specifications for. 2017. Uh, probably more powerful engines by as much as 100 horsepower or more, up to 600 horsepower they're, they're looking at running to, and also with just one engine manufacturer as well, and that's the big talking point. I don't think we'll see one engine manufacturer uh, uh, just here in the US. I think there'll be a a, more open here, thankfully, but uh, certainly something uh, that you know, the AER and Mazda have their sights on, you know, bidding for that, if that's what it turns out to be, for 2017 in Europe and the World Endurance Championship, John.
2: Well, just coming to us courtesy of Marshall Pruitt at racer.com. The 70 car's not going to run this weekend.
3: Isn't it? That's late because I I just noticed it wasn't in the pit lane.
2: Yeah. Uh, A desire to conduct more testing with the petrol turbo engine uh, cited as the reason. I'm quoting from racer.com here. Uh, Thanks to Marshall and a number of other people for just firing this into us. Uh, They were doing some a lot of testing already in private testing uh, during the month. ...of June, so it will just be the Singleton diesel, Skyactiv yeah. diesel for this weekend as it was in Detroit. So that is literally news coming into us uh, right now here at IMSA that's, Radio.
3: That's a great shame. It
2: is, yeah.
3: Surprising too, because he did some testing with that car and uh, I thought it was ready to go, but I haven't, I haven't had an opportunity this weekend yet to get down to the Mazda Speed team and find out what uh, what that story thanks is. Thanks
2: to Adam Green as well for firing that uh, link through. That's on racer.com. Uh, breaking news then this morning, live here on uh, IMSA Radio. So that one, if you've got Andy Blackmore's spotted Guide, that one uh, can get the marker pen of doom through it and uh, withdrawn, that one. And uh, if you haven't downloaded Andy's... Fabulous resource, that spotter guide. Do it and do it immediately. I don't think there was a single TV booth or team area that didn't have one in. Over 100,000 downloads, Andy was telling me on Wednesday, um, of uh, his spotter guide for Le Mans. And uh, he's updated this uh, Watkins Glen International one uh, as uh, recently as earlier this week. So, just waiting as the cars have come out onto the pit lane. Nice spread, actually, the way the cars have set. Plenty of room in the pit boxes here. Probably one of the pit lanes that has the most room for the IMSA teams this weekend in the Tudor United Sports Car Championship. It is a bit downhill, as Jeremy pointed out earlier on from his remembrances. essentially
3: downhill, yeah. yeah.
2: So, you... uh, no handbrakes on these cars, no parking brakes on these cars, so have to be careful to get them either chocked up or leave them in gear.
3: One of, the, one of the last cars to come out of the paddock there, car number 16, that's the bar one motorsports entry. There were no drivers listed on that up until yesterday afternoon, but uh, uh, a late uh, entry there. It'll be Martin Plowman back at the wheel of that car. He's a kind of a, at least a semi-regular in a car number 16, for bar one motorsports, and he will be joined this weekend by uh, Daniel Burkett, youngster from Winnipeg in Canada who's been racing uh, primarily in open-wheel racing, done uh, USF 2000 uh, and uh, Pro Mazda. He's concentrated on this year with Cape Motorsports with Wayne Taylor Racing and also uh, did the Atlantic Championship, which he won last year as well. So he's got a lot of experience. Then the third driver uh, is going to be Matt McMurray, uh, I believe. That was a a deal that was conducted late yesterday afternoon. I saw saw Brian Alder... Oh, late deals of late Oh, man, I mean... uh, Brian Alder, B-A-R, Bar 1 Motorsports, that that is Brian Alder, I spoke to him lunchtime yesterday, I said, what's the deal? The car was just down there, just in carbon black, no colours on the car at all. Uh, And he said, yeah, we've just done a deal uh, for Martin Plowman and Daniel Burkett, and then come back later on, he said, and I'll let you know if we're can. we still working on on various deals, trying to get the third driver in the car. And I saw him later in the day, and he said, yeah, it's going to be Matt McMurray. So... Uh, Matt McMurray, he's also driving this weekend in the Cooper Tyres Pro Type Lights Championship, so he's got a busy weekend ahead of him. Uh, he's a, a youngster with a lot of experience here at Watkins Glen, even though he's only 17 years of age.
2: Yeah, and of course, three drivers because of the fact that it is a six-hour contest this weekend. The Salem Six Hour, uh, an absolute staple of the American endurance uh, scene over many years. Indeed, Jim Roller, our broadcast colleague, made his first professional broadcast at this equivalent race on this equivalent weekend 40 years ago. He was only two, of course, and he did that. That's what he's trying to tell us, anyway. Uh, He was the young, fresh-faced lad who the guys, and he bumped into the guys from the radio station last night, I think, when he was uh, heading out home. Uh, they were worried that he might break the equipment in the studio, so they sent him down into the pits to do some interviews.
3: His first one was with Ronnie Peterson. Wasn't Ronnie it? Peterson, <laughs> your
2: first professional interview uh, in motorsports. It's not a bad way to start. In fairness, I think the kid done good. <laughs> uh, and uh, happy anniversary then to uh, Jim Roller for uh, being around and being part of our crew this weekend, back to his roots here, having been brought up in the Finger Lakes area Uh, and looks like we're just a few minutes away from getting started, just a little bit of a breeze blowing across the racetrack, nothing like as heavy as it was on uh, Wednesday afternoon when we lost a couple of awnings in the then quite empty paddock opposite us now the IMSI cars and teams have been billeted down there and great access here, by the way, if you're on your way for the weekend. First of all, why aren't you here now? Secondly, uh, make sure you bring some stout walking shoes because you will want to clock up the miles on the pedometer this weekend. Uh, This is a wonderful place to watch motorsport and experience every part of it. The paddock areas are all hard-standing. They're all paved. Uh, A huge amount of space for the trucks and the teams to set themselves up in all of the support series. And don't forget, we've got uh, Continental Tire Sports Guard Challenge coming for you with uh, qualifying and the race on Saturday. It is the big race on Sunday. It's the single event with a warm-up and starting at 10 o'clock local time, all live here on IMSA Radio. I'm going to take my life from my hands here. Thank you. And wonder if Shea Adam, who has uh, gone across to the 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 infield, can possibly... Say hello to us from the infield. Hello, Shea, do you hear us?
4: Hello, John, do you hear me?
2: Yes, we do. That Excellent. absolutely lovely, actually.
4: Well, I will set off from the BSI truck right now and head over to the pit lane.
2: And thanks to our broadcast colleagues down there at BSI for the technology to put uh, Shea on air. Cool. Everybody's uh, happy for that at the moment. Just shout up when you've got something, Share. You can uh, just control that with the on-off switch at the moment. As we're getting that going, a couple of minutes, a minute in fact, and three seconds. So, Jeremy, I was on other duties at uh, Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca, managed to catch up with the podcast, obviously, on radiolemon.com. Seemed like it was a decent contest over there, and the start of the season for the Tudor United Sports Car Championship could not have been on more different circuits Daytona, high banking, power. Speed, 24 hours, 12 hours of Sebring rattles your fillings out—a real test of man and machine and reliability. Then, for some of the runners, the pro classes, it was on the main streets of Long Beach and what Brian Till likes to call the concrete canyons. He's absolutely right. Hundred minutes—that was a cracker—and then onto the flowing hillsides of the Dry Lake Laguna Seca, a master raceway, and. How was that race and how are we looking at the championship as it stands now coming into what for most of the uh, runners and riders is round five of the championship this year?
3: Yeah, well, yeah, five or six, isn't yeah, it? Because we're, uh, we're after Mazda Raceway, which is a great race. we in Detroit, so we're Detroit across, of course. Gee, gee, to, I forgot that yeah, you say. I forgot yeah, Detroit. But, I
2: was at that, that one.
3: But all of the races this year, I think, have been absolutely fantastic. we real grippers from start to finish. We've had a tremendous season. And certainly no reason to, that that should change this weekend. The green flag is out. Cars going out onto the racetrack for the first time. This will be the uh, an hour practice session for the Tudor United Sports Car Championship. Green flag. interesting. Once again, like, like, like in the last session, there seem to be two waves of cars going out there.
2: I think if you're in the line, you get to go first. And then yes. I- if you're sitting, you have to wait a moment to, just Indeed. to stop people all driving into each other.
3: But you did. But you were asking about the championship standings, weren't you? And uh, well, it couldn't be much closer, really, because we've got uh, two teams tied for the points lead in the prototype category. Joao Barbosa and Christian Filippaldi. Uh, in the car number five for Action Express Racing, they won round two at Sebring. Uh, they are tied currently with Richard Westbrook and Michael Valiente as a number ninety, number 90 machine for Spirit of Daytona uh, and uh, VisitFlorida.com. Those two te- teams tied, then a one-five-six, one hundred fifty-six 156 points apiece. Uh, one. Win and a third place, the next best result for Joao Barbosa and Christian Filippaldi. That'll just nip them ahead of Westbrook and Valiente who've also had one win, but they've had the best uh, next. Best position was third place, which they achieved on three occasions this year. So couldn't be closer there. Eric Curran and Dane Cameron have moved their way up to third in the points table, 148. So just eight behind, having one at Detroit. A fine victory there by both Eric Curran, who really did step up to the plate, and Dane Cameron, a brilliant final stint. Fourth place in the points, just four points behind them, rookie Taylor and his brother Jordan Taylor, the winners of round three. Uh, at uh, Long Beach, and in fourth place in the points are... uh, They are fourth place in the points, and fifth place, just two points behind them, Scott Pruitt and Joey Hand for Chip Ganassi Racing with Felix Sabatis so it couldn't really be much closer, just 14 points coming to the top five teams in the championship. In the other classes in... uh, GTLM, they did not race at Detroit, they were busy uh, at Le Le Mans, quite a few of those teams it's Jan Magnus and Antonio Garcia they won the first two races of the championship for the Corvette Racing Team they lead on 128 uh, followed closely, just two points back by Bill Arbelin and Dirk Werner the winners also at Long Beach. And then John Edwards and Lucas at the second of the BMW. So BMW second and third. Edwards and Neuer on 121 points. So again, just seven points covering the top three contenders in GTLM. PC, John Bennett and Colin Brown. They have yet to win a race this season, but they won four championships in the past for Core Auto Sport. They lead by five points over Michael Gouache and Tom Kimber-Smith, who won the first two races of the season third place in the class, Michael Gorkberg, for last year's champion in the uh P- Prototype Lights Championship, moving up into PC with the JDC Miller Motorsport ranks. Uh, he currently stands on 122 points, so just six behind the leaders. In GTD, finally, uh, Dion von Molker and Christopher Haase, again, winless this season, but a second and a third uh, added to two fifths has taken them into the lead of the GTD point standings, 118 points over the 113 of Christina Nielsen and James Davison. James Davison will not be here this weekend. Christina Nielsen instead sharing the 007 Aston Martin with uh, Kuno Whitmer. Good good opportunity for Kuno this weekend. And in third place in the GTD, Lee Keen and Cooper McNeil. That's number twenty-two WeatherTech Porsche for Alec Joe Gracing on a one hundred and twelve.
2: Thanks, Jeremy. Waiting for the first lap times to come in. Let's head down to the Continental Ties Pitlian reporter who for this session is She Adam
4: don't think we're going to see this session that's the 912 because it's on its back in the garage area with the mechanics working on it the 912 earl bamber and jurg bergmeister driving that one this weekend yeah not likely to get out for this first session
2: okay well, thank you Shane. it's a little bit uh, weird not coming in where i expected it to but fine we can sort that out in a wee while thank you share to make a couple of changes, if that's going to be over there. Shay, can you switch your mic on and off, or not? Oh, yeah. hmm. Very odd. So, starting to get some times coming in, then. One fifty. One 1.50, 0.197, Shraupar, In the Action Express 5 car saw those guys out last night downtown having a sponsor event. Great place to bring sponsors up into this area of the world. Eric Curran in the 31 in second position. It's the five and a half litre Chevy powered Action Express marsh, r- marsh Racing car. Oh, in fact, as I say that. Bruno Junqueiro for a moment just jumped in the second of the best of PC cars but Eric has swiftly nicked that back again then it's James French in the 38 then the first of GTTs is Christopher Hauser who is leading out in the 48 the Paul Miller Racing Audi Andy Lally then in the 44 then Madison Snow but really just getting up to speed at the moment Germany but uh, that many left on the pit What, well, probably half a dozen and The 8 car with the rear bodywork off doesn't look good at all. As the Aston Martin, the distinctive sound of the Aston Martin GTD car of Christina Nielsen screams by that V12.
3: As we've just said, uh, Christina driving uh, not this weekend with James Davison, but instead with Kuno Whitmer. And Kuno Whitmer is the... uh, reigning champion in gtlm last year a great effort for the dodge viper team and then they celebrated that by pulling out of the championship the next day which i still don't like Uh, but uh, great to see kuna having an opportunity here to come back and uh, drive with a very different car the aston martin and that car has been super, super fast. So uh, Kuna, uh, I'm sure, is hugely excited about this opportunity to join the TRG team. And the car that's been running right up front the last round at Detroit, the car finished in second place. That's a good news. It actually crashed on the cool down lap, yeah. but, uh, along with several others. But uh, they're able to get their car back together again. And coming out here now with uh, James Davison, uh, uh, sorry, without James Davidson, but with Christine Nielsen joined by Kuna Whitmer. Another other times creeping through again. It's uh, Joe Barbosa, car number five, the Mustang sampling car of Action Express Racing, the Coyote chassis with the Corvette engine. 142.6. We, uh, still some way away from uh, lap times we can expect later on the weekend. We, we could expect to see four or five seconds faster than that. The uh, track record in qualifying set. Last year by Alex Brundle in the Morgan, this time the P2 car 137.9. I think we can expect to see times around about 1 minute 38 this time around. Second pass was still uh, Eric Curran in car number 31. Then third quick overall, best in PC uh, is James French, the number car number 38 for Performance Tech Racing. Uh, The youngster, 23 years old now from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, just down the road from road america and uh, james had a bit of a breakthrough weekend he's had uh, three third place finishes in a row this season for that performance tech team so he'd lo- love to step up from there and and get uh, if not a second then, then a win that was his best those are his best results in this championship and he joined it last year uh, but he had a breakthrough weekend at detroit by virtue of the fact, he got his first ever pole position a brilliant run that was in qualifying for james french in car number 38 GTLM, only a couple of cars so far have actually completed a lap. Bill in the fastest of them in the BMW. BMW has been super strong this season. That Z4 GTE, Z4 GTE, run by BMW Team RLL. Cars will be very quick. Nick Tandy in the 911 Porsche 911, second fastest now. 149.3 for Nick Tandy So not yet up to full speed A couple of seconds away from Bill Oblin's best so far Nick Tandy of course coming away from from Le Mans With a a brilliant victory there For the Porsche prototype team And uh, boy what a uh, revelation Nick Tandy has been I think this season in the prototype ranks Started off in, well actually started off Racing uh, mini stock cars on short ovals in the UK And then uh, switched over to racing minis on the track and then into open-wheel cars, and he's driven just about everything in his career, but to get an opportunity to join the Porsche prototype team at Le Mans was absolutely sensational, and boy, his his, stint stint on on Saturday night was absolutely stunning, because his first stint was cut way short in the afternoon, so his first real long run in the car was at night time, and it's a brilliant session, John.
2: And his avowed intent is to make enough money racing in professional motorsports in Europe and worldwide to buy a stock car team to buy and run a stock car team that is what he wants to do that is his ultimate ambition and I've been talking to him for a little while about seeing if we can get him a test in a stock car over here in the States he would die and go to heaven if that was uh, something we could pull off Marshall Pruitt and I have been working on that for a wee while. A Le Mans winner who wants to win the Daytona 500. How's that for a throwback, Jeremy, eh? Yeah, very cool. He's he's just such a great lad as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's just such a a cool guy. And uh, a nice bloke to boot. Let's uh, see if we can pick up... uh, Another report from our Continental Tire reporter, report. Hello, Hello Shea? John. Yes. <laughs> well, it's starting
4: to cloud over a bit more down here, but people seem to just be running to their regular programs and no one really panicking as of yet, which is always good. But uh, six hours of a race to get through, you really don't want to wreck the car in the first practice. But a lot of driver changes should be coming up soon, a lot of people getting ready to uh, have their turn in the car.
2: Thank you, Shea. Adam down there in the pit lane. This is a one hour session, quarter of it has disappeared. So, already people.
3: Time's beginning to come down, John. Uh, fastest yep. overall now, Aussie Negri in car number 60. That's a Ligier Honda, HPD-engined car, turbo. Uh, and I got down to ooh, that, much quicker on that lap. It was a 140, now 138.894. So that's the first representative lap time I think of this session set by Aussie Negri in car number 60. Car looks great. A new uh, orange livery on that car for this weekend. Uh, it looks absolutely stunning. Looks fast standing still that car. Uh, and it's certainly going to be suited to this track here they, uh, They've had a couple of really good results in a row uh, for Michael Shank racing. John Pugh and Ozzy Negri Perhaps could have had a win at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca certainly had a car fast enough to win the race Unfortunately Ozzy was involved in the incident at the Mario Andretti hairpin on the exit of the Andretti hairpin with uh, It was Dane Cameron wasn't he? He got pushed off wide and uh, bent the steering arm on that number 60 Michael Shank racing Ligier Honda that pretty much presented, prevented Aussie from challenging for the win later on. I had to make do with a third-place finish there, but they, uh, they bounced back with a magnificent performance in Detroit, that pairing to finish in second place. That really was a stout effort, and they are really uh, very, very optimistic uh, for this weekend in the S- sailing six hours.
2: So, GTLM, 911 Porsche, John Edwards in the 24, BMW Bill Orwell in the 25, that's your top three. GTD, Andy Lally. They seem uh, This is the Andy Lally show this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Every time I look up, he's on top of a timing screen somewhere doing the Lamborghini race this weekend as well. Madison Snow also doing double duty this weekend. And Michael Goitberg jumps up in second. No, he doesn't because he's in the PC. So it's Lally in the 44, then Madison Snow in the 58, and Christopher Haas now in the 48, Paul Miller... Audi in third position and have we had everybody out, 31 cars have been out onto the circuit and pretty much got everybody lined up as they should be with the prototypes a couple of PCs just getting themselves involved in the prototype battle Catherine Leg out in the Delta Wing at the moment on her fifth lap Slightly out of position, Falcon Tires Porsche with Wolf Hensler at the wheel. Certainly out of position. Hasn't done a representative lap yet. 156.6 last time around is a little bit off the pace there. But that uh, car has done five laps. Meantime, the 23 Porsche, Mario Farnbacher at the wheel, in eighth position in GTD, just going down towards the 90 turn one. Good to see that both Corvettes are here. A bit of a story there, Jeremy, as well, with this, uh, a follow-up to Le Mans because the 63 car, the three car here, um, is no more. It is an ex-Corvette. And, in fact, that's the 50. That's the LARPA competition car that's running here. Indeed For sir. that
3: team. Yeah, indeed so. Jan Magnuson, a massive crash in qualifying at Le Mans. And that car... Well, pretty much written off. I mean, very, very badly damaged. Both ends were destroyed on that car, and it was unable to take the start there. Uh, and nor were yeah, Magnussen and Antonio Garcia and Ryan Briscoe to sit out that race. But uh, they are the championship leaders coming in here in, in that uh, in that Corvette. So they wanted to make sure they were able to defend that championship lead and hopefully even extend it. Uh, and uh, the plan, therefore, to take over, they borrowed back what was the original test and development car for Corvette Racing. It was raced under number 50 by the Larborough competition team at Le Mans and they've brought that car back and they will race that uh, certainly this weekend and, and perhaps at the next race as well There's uh, the, the team back in, in Michigan flat out racing on building up a new Corvette or, or, and or repairing the damaged car from Le Mans to get back uh, either the next time at uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park or the following race at Lime Rock
2: Yeah, and Larborough by the way will have their car back refreshed yeah. Uh, by the factory, by the works, uh, in time for the Nürburgring round of the FIA World Endurance Championship, which is their next engagement. So that actually works quite well for them.
3: There's a bit of a scare there, wasn't there, for Corvette Racing and, and Lava in, 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 uh, as well, because on the, in the warm-up on Saturday prior to the 24 hours of Le Mans, there was a big crash, uh, actually. Actually, ironically, virtually the same point on the racetrack As the number four crashed car crashed earlier the week Uh, But uh, thankfully that car was able to be repaired and get out At least for the start of the race They didn't finish it did they But the car wasn't that badly damaged Mm -hmm. And uh, that is the car that will be racing here As the number four this weekend
2: A couple of the very pretty Vipers Right opposite us The Viper exchange cars White mainly And they are now both in the pit lane 73 car hasn't moved for a wee while. Been sitting opposite. Moved at
3: all? I don't think it has.
2: Not done a lap yet, Jeremy. No, you might be right. This is the uh, very distinctive, multicolored. Bit of red, bit of silver, bit of orangey gold, bit of black. 73 Porsche. We're talking about. It's right opposite our commentary position, and I think you're right, Jeremy. Actually, that car has not got out onto the. Racing surface at all
3: Yeah, but did, did win Won the class at uh, Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca, we've had four races For GTD this this year They did not race At um, Actually they didn't race at Yes they did uh, points. Yeah, fine, they, they won at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca, So four races this year for GTD They did not race at uh, Long Beach And uh, We've had four different winners in that class they've all been Porsches but um four different winners so far in GTD so be interested to see if we can keep that streak alive here at Watkins Glen incidentally in the Manufacturers Championship in GTD even though Porsche won all four races they do not lead the points actually they're in fourth place in the class because uh, after that race at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca was a uh, a discrepancy found in post-race technical inspection and uh, the Porsche was actually docked 35 points, win the points they would have got for a win, so that has put them back in the point standings, and it's uh, Audi that leads in G C D Manufactured Championship after four of the ten races.
2: Don't forget, at IMSA Radio, if you'd uh, like to get in touch with us on the social media side of things, I know there's plenty of you here, at the circuit, who are taking advantage of uh, connectivity. down towards the Michael Shank racing car as well, Jeremy. That car had quite a bit of work done on it, although Asvaldo Negri has got the fastest time at 138.894. Close as you like at the top of the field, Ricky Taylor in the Wayne Taylor racing car, the number 10, 0.098 of a second away in second position. Then there's a bit of a gap, just over a second to Scott Pruitt in the 0-1. As the Mazda Skyactiv diesel rolls out, the Singleton car this weekend. This is Tom Long in the 7 We're expecting to see the 2-litre turbocharged petrol gasoline engine this weekend. It's been withdrawn so that Mazda can do a little more testing. They've been heavily testing that car throughout the month of June. out yeah. it
4: well John uh, Tristan Nunez was standing here just drinking a juice box not driving the car why aren't you behind the wheel of the car why aren't you in a fire suit and why isn't your car here
5: well um, you know we, we decided that we needed to really test the car before we're ready to race you know the, the cars are here um, we have to go to, uh, to Canada uh, next week for a test so you know it, it's already here so why my, my so I uh, be here and uh, cheer on the other guys so it's' uh, no, it's a team effort. One team, one goal. So we're here to support the uh, 07 car until the uh, seventy car is ready to race.
4: So what's your role going to be this weekend?
5: Well, this is a really big track, so I think uh, Jonathan and I are going to go out around the track and spot for the guys because it is a really big track, a lot of blind spots. So uh, play play a little team role in here. And
4: what's the goal for Canada? What's that? What's the goal for Canada?
5: Uh, test, test the car, see if we're ready. So, I mean, it's just, uh, we, get, we can only play it uh, day by day. So, it's, it's all about uh, make, making sure we're ready to go. So, that's, that's what we're here.
4: Good attitude. Thanks, Tristan.
5: Yeah, thank you. He's a good egg, isn't he, Dunez?
3: Oh, yeah. No, he's a great, great attitude all around. But uh, still odd that that number 70 car isn't running here. I'm sure there's more to that story, quite frankly. But, uh...
2: <laughs> Jeremy, you old conspiracy theorist, yeah. you.
3: It's a shame because that car, I'm sure, would have been a real contender around here. Um, and Maybe that's uh, the problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a big weekend. It certainly Tom will be at,
3: at uh, Canadian Tire Park yeah, too, because great. that, that car—it's yeah, a, it's a pretty light car and it's, uh, it's nimble, it's fast, it's got good horsepower, uh, and it, should, it certainly should be right up towards the front end of the field in a couple of weeks' time. Big so disappointing head. for those two.
2: No, absolutely. But that's the second time they've had to sit out. They'll not be happy with that
3: looking at the big picture as you say well absolutely
2: right and 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 with you know we've mentioned this and it'll be talked about by many other people other than us but with the changes coming in uh, LMP particularly the second LMP category worldwide Mazda as it stands wouldn't be able to take part with that car in the European Championships whether they'd get a waiver to go to Le Mans Is still in discussion. No manufacturer has proposed that in Europe that the P2 category will become no manufacturer single engine four chassis only. Whereas I think it will be a little more open than that here in the US although still an open tyre formula in Europe and of course it is a spec tyre here with Continental providing the prototype category with their tyres but what will prototypes here in the States look like in 2017 and beyond that is the big question at the moment
3: yes, the a big dollar question have a look on times here so that uh, 138.894 set a little while ago by Ozzy Negri is still fastest, but not by very much. Ricky Taylor has turned a 138.992, so just a tenth of a second slower in number 10 car for Wayne Taylor Racing. That's the Dallara chassis in the Corvette DEP. Uh, third fastest, S- Scott Pruitt, 01. Let's see, Riley chassis with a Ford EcoBoost turbo engine, 139.261. Uh, 139.378 by Joao Barbosa in kind of a five fraction express racing. So, four different engine chassis combinations in the top four the Ligier Honda Farsis, the Delara Corvette, second, the F- Riley 4DK Boost, third, and the Coyote Corvette in fourth place. PC Colin Brown leads away for Core Autosport a one minute 42.064 and sorry beg your pardon 140.815 against martin plowman in second place for bar one motorsports six number 16 at 142.064 gtlm it's oliver gavin who's moved to the top there In the Corvette, car number four, 144.471. Pierre Caffer, Riesse Comunizzi, Ferrari, second place. Car number 62, 144.501. Third fastest, number 24, BMW, John Edwards, 144.556. So, as usual, Mm. uh, about, what, at uh, eight hundredths of a second between the top three in GTLM.
2: Good to see John (laughs) Edwards. doing his stuff now as well Jeremy, it seems like only yesterday to me that he was uh, being touted as the next big thing, sort of disappeared for a wee while, but he's worked hard and he's, his hard work has been rewarded, the, the BMW drive is, is absolutely right for him
3: Yeah, I mean he was the youngest driver ever to get an FIA licence at the age of 14 to race in Formula Renault he was sponsored by uh, Red Bull that was 10 years ago I know,
2: I know it seems like yesterday. Ten years ago?
3: Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Crikey. And he'd been racing a couple of years before that in uh, Skip Barber Championship Racing as well, Skip Barber Racing Series. So, uh, yeah, he's been around for now a while. He's on John, John, as you're talking about Tristan Nunez, mm. you know, John is another, out of the same sort of mould. I think, you know, Tristan's kind of moulded himself on on, uh, on John Edwards, really, because they're two very similar characters, yep. just really upstanding young men, great guys to have and around fair play to
2: BMW, by the way, for giving him his chance, because he did a bit of BMW racing earlier on in his career, and that work's drive is, is absolutely deserved there in that 24 car. I'm sure it's not where he thought his career might be going ten years ago, when he was sitting in a single seat of Formula Renault, but, as we've been seeing for a number of times, we said this at Le Mans, and uh, we said it early in the week here that the, the kind of dedication, talent, fitness levels, performance levels to be a works driver in any form of motorsport, whether it's GT, whether it's prototype, whatever it is, you have to be right at the top of your game.
3: Yeah, John Edwards certainly is that. Uh, he raced a couple of years in Europe, then came back over here to race in Atlantic in red bull cars was really super fast even though know, he was only 15 years old that's for then uh, it? it's ridiculous yeah but then uh, he was dropped by red bull at the end of that season which i thought was a strange move at the time but uh, and for john edwards it was potentially a career ending as well but uh, thankfully he was able to put together a deal to race in the second round of the season in What is now the pro Mazda championship then it was known as star Mazda missed the first round But came back in the second race with aim autosport won it and then was able to uh, To continue the season. It was very much a race by race basis But he got himself not only in condition in contention to win the championship But absolutely did so mm. and as a result of that he was on the Mazda Mazda speed driver development program uh, And it's prize for the following year uh, surprisingly put him into the what was then the uh, Rolex GT championship, the old Grand Am series in a Mazda RX-8. Yeah. And uh, at the time I thought, wow, that's a bit of a waste, you know, or a bit of a shame, perhaps, you're turning back on on his open-wheel career going to sports cars in a, in a lower-tier category, effectively in, G, in a GT class. But no, he said, no, this is great. I'm loving this. is a great opportunity to work with a manufacturer. a parlay that into this ride with BMW and he's a great spokesman great driver really fine young man good for John Edwards
2: And uh, BMW of course in their 40th anniversary year for BMW Motorsport and poised to make a move next year to a new vehicle yeah the LP or the M6 rather Coupé Yes,
3: yeah, exciting times isn't it really for GTLM with the Ford GT counts supposed to come online well, due to come online at the end of this season beginning next as well So two very exciting cars additions to this fabulous category No change at the front still Aussie Negri that leads 138.894 the lap setter's fourth time around uh, He's now completed only eight laps actually that car is is uh, in the pit lane Somewhere down to where is it?
2: <laughs> Jeremy doing his best meerkat impression over the top of our monitor. Oh, there series. it
3: is. You got it? Yeah, tail cover off that car so I couldn't see it. It's been there for a wee while now. Yeah, it then. has. Yeah, it's only done a, a total of eight laps. Uh, other drivers done as many as 14 laps completed by Eric Kern, a little bit of car number 31. Actually, he's just brought that car onto pit Lane. Also, 14 laps completed by the number 38 performance tech motorsports pc car connor daly back with that team this weekend we talked about uh, russ uh, about james french earlier on he was uh, a breakthrough pole position at detroit last time out joined rejoined for the long distance races with uh, by jerome me and connor daly the third driver connor daly has been a bit of a star in the indy cars the last few rounds he's got, a, got an opportunity to fill in at schmidt peterson motorsports for the injured james hinchcliffe good buddies those two, yes. both uh, living in Indianapolis these days and uh, Connor uh, was supposed to drive one of the cars at the uh, uh, Indianapolis 500 unfortunately it broke down on a warm up lap which is so frustrating but as a result I'm was was disappointed
2: by that because that was the, the bacon powered car as yeah, well it was, yeah it? Yes. Yeah, yeah,
3: it was a real shame uh, on the, on the warm up lap how frustrating is that but the good news is there was always a silver lining there and he was able to, to, to uh, to drive the following weekend with the team after James's injury, drove to Detroit, drove a brilliant race in Detroit in very tricky conditions and then also in Detroit in Toronto as well.
2: So I head down to our Continental Tire for lane early morning. Adam is among the action.
4: Well, there's a car in a place that I've never seen it before, and that's behind the pit boxes. The number 85, driven by Mikhail Glickberg, decided to come back down this way, and there was a moment of chaos as he approached one of the wire coverings by Corvette Racing and then stopped because he didn't have enough ground clearance to get over it. I'm not sure the cars are supposed to be down this side, guys, but the access point back down to the garages is all the way down towards pit out. He's at pit in right now. That's a long way to go and not a very safe place to be driving a car. Now they've got a golf cart. They're actually towing him back down. But I'm going to try and figure out what's going on with this car because uh, it's not a very comfortable place for race cars to be.
2: And that answers Ooh. a question. Thank you, share that uh, Jeremy and I have been musing over as the 73 Porsche, by the way, goes out for I think its first. Couple, oh no, it's uh, done a couple of laps before that. It's been in and out. Whilst well, that was otherwise engaged. That report from our Continental Tide, pit reporter, shit Adam, answers a question as to why they've been clearing the pit lane by turning the cars around and taking them back wrong direction into the paddock in between sessions and not running them up the return roads. There are cable runs and what are called yellow jackets, which are the thick plastic liners that uh, go over the top of them so that you don't get them caught up in your wheels. And there is the yellow prototype at the moment being towed back behind the delta wing pit right in front of us. This is the... Car that Shea was reporting on just a moment ago, the 85 prototype challenge car. So that answers that question.
3: Yeah. So we've seen 33 cars on track uh, thus far. The uh, 34th car, that's the no- number 912 Porsche, which we heard from Shea a little while ago, will not be taking part in this session, apparently. Why was that,
2: Jay? Can you uh, just remind us why that car uh, isn't uh, taking part in the session and is going back?
4: Didn't know why the 912 was in the garage to begin with, and now don't know why the 85 was rolling down the pit lane. But uh, trying to walk down to their pit box, trying to figure out where it is. In all honesty, but i uh, let like, you much, know when pretty pretty I do know. Pretty much in the
3: middle, Jay. They are the Porsche team.
4: In the middle. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the heads up, <laughs> and uh, I should see them any
3: minute now then. <laughs> Still, Aussie Negri fastest then, with 138.894, plays 138.992 by Ricky Taylor in kind of 10 in second place. <laughs> Christian Fittipaldi uh, is now aboard number five Action Express coyote corvette that was the car the time set by john barbosa 139.235 but christian for the just climbed aboard that car for his laps first laps in this session scott pruitt then in fourth place for chip ganassi racing with felix Sabales. that's the riley ford Bruce car number zero one and eric curran rounds out the top five second the action express wheel engineering corvette with the coyote chassis Fastest in PC remains the number 54 core Sport entry. Colin Brown set the time. John Bennett at the wheel of that car currently. Second fastest in PC. Car number eight for Starworks Motorsports. That's Rengo van der Zander, car number eight. And sharing this weekend, not with his usual co-driver, Mirko Schulters, but instead with Mike Headland, who's, ah. uh, yeah know, stepped aboard that car alongside, instead of Mirko this weekend. Mike uh,
2: hedland Ma- a regular contributor on... Social media to yes. the Radio Le Monde collective and the IMSA Radio as well had many a good debate in 140 characters or less with Mike. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got an opinion yeah. and he's not afra- afraid to to let it out. Uh, and I'm not always of the same mind as Mike, but I do enjoy a bit of banter over the Twitter with him. Wish him the best this weekend. Many a many an hour I've passed away in. Uh, Airline lounges on the way home, tweeting backwards and forwards with Mike and others uh, on the points arising from a race. Don't forget we've got the post race Tech coming to you this weekend after the race live here from the track and in the Continental Tires pit lane reporting. Earlier at the moment is Share Adam. Share, what do you have? I found Porsche.
4: It it is indeed in the middle. And uh, the 912 is waiting on some parts to arrive. Uh, So Earl Bamber actually got suited and booted and is going to take his first laps around Watkins Glen in the 911. So keep your eyes open for that.
2: Thank you, Cher. Cher, Adam, our Continental Tide lane reporter for this part of the session. We'll hear from Jim Roller a little bit later on. He is gathering some content for us and he will also be the voice of Bigley Circle this weekend and my goodness they were going to keep him busy
3: the voice of reason too perhaps yeah, well. <laughs>
2: yes as always with Mr yes, Roller indeed. he is loving being back here he hasn't been back here for a few years lots of changes here my first time here she's first time here Jeremy well over a decade since you've been here as well isn't it
3: couple unfortunately oh
2: yeah. red flag on the circuit with some 22 minutes to go the clock is still running it's a packed schedule here I doubt we'll see the time pulled to a halt now my first instinct is to look over towards turn 10 and see if there's anything there I can't see anything at the moment I believe it was an Aston Martin stopped out on track John oh wow how can you see that from the pit lane? <laughs> because I
4: saw something uh, a few minutes ago on a big screen of the Aston Martin stationery around the circuit. Oh, but uh, yep, there, there's the picture of it now coming up on the big screen that Nick Tandy points out for me. Nick Tandy, Le Mans winner. Welcome Cheers. back to the Glen. How are you doing?
1: Good, thanks. You? It's
4: a bit warm, <laughs> but uh, it's a bit warmer for you from England.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm sure John can tell you it was it was pretty been pretty good weather actually the last couple of weeks. But it's um, it's good to get back over. Here.
4: How is the track? As good as you remember?
0: Yeah, it's awesome. There's um, there's a few bits of speedy drive down for some oil earlier on. The track's a little bit green for our rubber, but um, but overall, yeah, it's in, it looks in good condition. It's always um, it's always a super fast track, so it's it's good to drive these cars around.
4: It was fifth last year when you were here. Think you can do better than that this one?
0: Well, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be disappointed with a fifth place. Yeah, you know, we're we're looking to be on the podium. Um, we're looking to have a decent run. And it's about time. I think it's been over. Well, it's been over 12 months since since Porsche North America at least won a race. So it's about time. It's it's coming. So it's got to be. Um, we're pushing for it. Don't worry. Well,
4: Corvette won the first two. BMW won the next two. So Porsche's turn, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll
0: probably be a Ferrari next, I guess. But um, yeah, hopefully a couple of Porsche wins will be nice. Are you doing Should a rain dance? We wouldn't mind a bit of rain. Me and me and Patrick coming from England and France. We we've dealt with a bit a bit of um, a little bit of wet weather driving in our time. So. Yeah, I
2: don't think it'd be
4: a bad thing. Thanks, Nick.
0: No
2: sure, just before you let him go, I'm having a chance to congratulate him on his Le Mans win, so will you give him a pat on the back of the head from me? That, we, Jeremy and I were just discussing that Iron Man stint uh, that he did when he got in the car second time around. That was, for me, one of the performances uh, of the race. And, of course, it won him the I Respect Spirit of the Race Award as voted by the RadioLe listeners. So uh, give Great him our congratulations great Thank, choice. Yeah, I heard most of that John, thanks a lot and it is awesome to win the Spirit of the, the Race Award, that
0: is um, that's quite an honour for an Englishman, yeah absolutely Cheers
2: fella, that was an absolutely brilliant run, you, uh, you did us all proud mate, very well done indeed and much deserved, can't wait to see you and shake you by the hand properly That's Nick Tandy down in the pit lane with our Continental Ties pit lane reporter, Shea Adam it's not, it won't change him he'll be exactly the same, he'll be the same you know, it'd be the same. He's just great. It's the uh, it's the Hot Rod World Finals coming up uh, in a little while at uh, Northampton Stadium, and uh, Johnny Palmer, being a Hot Rod devotee, has suggested uh, that we have a bit of a uh, a night out down there, and I'm uh, I'm sure that Nick will be down there as well. That sounds like a bit of fun. The 07 Aston Martin is coming home behind the tow truck. So, uh, F350 bringing him home on the end of a tour rope at the moment. In fact, uh, it is Kuno Whitmer at the wheel yeah. of the 007.
3: I think he'd just taken over I that think car, so. I don't yes. think he'd actually even completed a lap, uh, perhaps, or maybe maybe just a one. Um, so, yeah, that's disappointing for Kuno to be towed back in. It's the first experience of this Aston Martin V12 vantage. At the end of a tote rope is not, not the view he wants to see. There was an improvement, by the way, just before we went to red flag conditions. Right at the top of the charts, too, it's Ozzy Negri improved his time to a 138.055, and that's, that's only about a tenth of a second away from the uh, qualifying track record set uh, in the uh, in this latest iteration of prototype category last year by Alex Brundle. So uh, good lap there by Ozzy Negri. Uh, on almost a second clear, all of a sudden it was all pretty close up at the front. There, there was a less than a second covering the first four or five, no, about a half a second covering the first four cars. But all of a sudden now it's a better part of a second. Aussie Negri at 38.055 plays against Ricky Taylor's one minute 38.992 in car number 10. That's a car he's going to share this weekend, not only with his brother Jordan Taylor, but also Max Angelelli, Max the Axe. Uh, mark two because Max Pappis is in the, uh, <laughs> the uh, field this weekend for a wheel and corvette racing as we go back to green John. Hurrah!
2: With just under 18 minutes to go the Imsa teams, we were talking about this uh, yesterday Jeremy the Imsa teams came in a little bit later than some of the other support series and in point of fact when we were here on Wednesday for our midweek motorsport programme our weekly two hours of motorsport chat over on radiolemont.com the Imsa paddock was absolutely empty started filling up a little bit yesterday but uh, it would seem that they mostly came in yesterday evening and overnight
3: yeah it was strange because yeah. I was wondering where are they paddock I know you went <laughs> out
2: for a walk yesterday to see, do your usual fact finding mission came back and said we have seem to have lost the Imsa guys <laughs> they're not here this weekend have I come
3: to the right place it's a really strange feeling. I can
2: tell you. <laughs> yeah, staged loading by Watkins Glen International worked very well actually. Ooh. They were had the rigs parked outside the big articulated semi trailers outside in parking three, and uh, plenty of parking here. Notice just behind us. There's some free day parking as well. Walk in quite easily very well organised event already here at Watkins Glen International. And the uh, interface with IMSA working well. So thank you to everybody here for their assistance in getting us going. So back running again. A little bit of a delay while the 007 Aston Martin came back dead stick. Kuno Whitmer on board. Not a huge amount of track time for the IMSA guys before we go into qualifying in a six hour race. And remember that we will be talking about two sets of championships this weekend. There's the year, year round Tudor United Sports Car Championship, but this is. A six-hour race, and therefore part of the Tequila Patron North American Endurance Cup. Six hours at the Glen. Words that I have long hoped I would be able to say. As many of you know, I've covered sports car racing and racing over here in the States for... Not as long as Jeremy, but 16 years seems like quite a long time to me, although it seems only yesterday that I was making the first trip to the very first Petit Le Mans at Road Atlanta. And Watkins Glen, absolutely one of the circuits that I wanted to tick off. Well, earlier on we were mentioning that the Falken tyres Porsche hadn't got any representative times in, Brian Sellers and Wolf Hensler have uh, put that to rights. Now sixth in the GT Le Mans class. one their best time. Joy Hand out at the moment in the 0 1. The blue and white Ford EcoBoost powered prototype. Joy surely has to be in the thinking of the GT, the Ford GT program. Chip Ganassi and Multimatic combining their not inconsiderable talents and resources to put a couple of cars in this championship next year and two more in the FIA World Endurance Championship.
3: Look at down the times in GTD it's still a time set I think by Andy Lally a while ago number kind of 44 for Magnus Racing Porsche then uh, maintaining their stranglehold it seems on the class this year won all four races and uh, it's Andy Lally in the car shared with John Potter uh, and uh, this weekend also Marco Seafried, who also was a, a podium finisher at the Le Mans 24-hour race they were shared number 44 car John Potter at the wheel at the moment at 149.026 set by Andy. Second fastest in the class the Alex Joe racing car number 22, Lee Keen along with Cooper McNeil just two drivers sharing that car. Um, I, I lie, I beg your pardon, Andrew Davis is uh, the regular third driver for the long-distance events so Andrew Davis, Lee Keen, and Cooper McNeil in that car number 22. Second fastest in GTD third fastest is Kuno Whitmer uh, along with Christina Nielsen in I think it's actually Christina set that time actually in the number 007 TRG AMR Aston Martin V12 Vantage Four fastest Secondly, second the Alex Joe racing Porsches Ian James in kind of 23 That is one of the teams that is uh, just running two drivers Ian James and Mario Farnbacker. They that two they uh, coming off uh, they've already won this year at they won last time out at uh, Detroit actually won they won two races haven't they mm. So um. For those of you back in
2: the uh, UK Sunday 19th of July is the uh, World Finals At Northampton And our uh, short circuit night out And I'm guaranteeing you now that Nick Tandy will be there Sounds like a decent evening and before anybody says anything, we're going there as spectators. So don't ask us to broadcast it. <laughs> Although I'm sure Johnny would be very happy to do to do just the same. So you're listening to IMSA Radio. 11 and a half minutes to go. John Pugh is now climbing for the... Michael Shank racing prototype. Max Angelelli back in the pits. A second, you know, between that car and everybody else. Christian Fittipaldi in the Action Express 5 car in third position now. And then Joey Hahn, Max Patras.
3: Yeah, and jump, jump you'd say he's driving the number 60 car now, and John's really stepped it up these last few races at Weekend at Watkins Glen. Just gave him a huge amount of confidence. Had a great run in the early stages. Actually ran well in uh, Long Beach as well. Mm. Uh, and also in Detroit. So yeah, he's, he's not a guy who makes his living at, at road racing. A very uh, accomplished businessman and sportsman. A long-distance sailor, isn't he, John, John Pugh? One of, uh... Is he? Yeah, I think so. But I did um, not know. Amongst other things.
2: Every time I work with you, Jeremy, mm. I find out something I didn't know.
3: <laughs>
2: yes, right. uh, more than one thing normally, apparently. <laughs> <fair enough. laughs>
3: Yeah, really, really, Some of them really even good stick. guy. Uh, John, John and Michael Shank uh, both made the pilgrimage to Le Mans this year, didn't they, to yes. check it all out? We, I'm sure we both had an opportunity to t- speak with them. I certainly did. And, and it was a real eye opener for both of those two because they very much have their sights set on racing at Le Mans next year uh, with all things permitting, including getting an entry from the ACO. But uh, they, uh, they, they loved the trip over there, they were really blown away by the, the whole standard of excellence there is in the panic on and off the track at Le Mans and um they're yeah, just doing all their homework and making sure they know exactly what to expect if and when they get an entry to, to go to the next year that was of course that's one of the reasons that they elected to to buy this Ligier chassis Ligier P2 chassis this year with the Honda HPD engine to get some experience in P2 with the goal of going to Le Mans in the future and that was very much on the cards for them in 2016 Hopefully we can have a chat with John and or Michael at some stage during this weekend to find out their their impressions of their first visit to Le Mans.
2: Uh, let's head down to the pit lane. Continental Tire pit lane reporter is Sheer Adam enjoying the sunshine. Warm enough for you out there, Sheer? Oh, it's beautiful out. A little bit of a breeze is keeping the temperatures down, but the drivers, when
4: they're getting out of the cars, look like they've just run about five miles for the most part just uh, ran into mario Farmacher a few minutes ago and he was saying how hot it is in the car and how this track tends to not favor the cup cars it, it's better for the gt3 cars but they still think that they have a competitive chance this weekend And with two wins so far this year that's one team that i would not count out that's the 23 uh alex joe Racing team seattle
2: car thank you Shea, Shea adam our continental tie pit lane Report uh, for this session Which has just on uh, Eight minutes still to go At IMSA Radio of course If you are uh, wanting to get In touch with us and thanks to Dan Hounsel Who has uh, He says can't wait to come to Wait till Sunday now to come Why are you wait- getting in the car now
3: Really um, Might have to work
2: yeah, oh Something yes, that you work. and I
3: know little about I'm afraid unfortunately Or fortunately I should say but yeah, it'll be. Uh, it's an exciting place to come here so It's a, just a great racetrack All sorts of wonderful vantage points And bring a camera too Because there's all sorts oh, of places out in yeah. this racetrack Where there, you, you do an av- have an opportunity To shoot some pictures of the cars Without uh, lots of fences in the way uh, And I've uh, got
2: myself all too excited about the short track It's the uh, Brisker uh, Formula One Championship uh, That's at the 19th of July at Northampton uh, so, looking forward to that. Brisker Formula One European Championships, jo- Johnny has just told me from back in London. He's very excited about it. He's overly excited about it already, in fact. And uh, I must say, can't wait. Can't wait to see a bit of that right on our doorstep.
3: On board that that was interesting. On board there with 911, uh, 911. And it's El Bamber at the wheel of that car, getting his first experience here. He's following. The number 44 car that's the GTD entry of John Potter through those last couple of corners and uh, it wasn't much quicker at all Mm. so still getting to grips with the track quite sensibly and John Potter is driving the car that is fastest currently in GTD time set earlier on by Andy Lally yeah the
2: just going through the chicane heading into the loop before they go out onto the long part of the circuit. That long, long, long right-hander. Read a chapter of your book before you come up over the rise
3: there. Finally makes it past on the inside into the uh, doglet to the left.
2: Climbing uphill just a little bit. The right-hander coming up. He's got uh, Ferrari ahead of him. Always easy to turn in too early. Change of surface there as well as he went up the hill, used the... Hill to slow him
3: down nicely there though. Yeah, you come down the hill there, down into the uh, the the toe of the boot there and it's quite steeply downhill, but as you say, just before the apex it turns to go up again. It, it uh, it's quite steeply uphill, thankfully.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'll be, uh, forever Jeremy grateful lost for brakes that. there the last time yeah. he was uh, he was racing. And that change of that change of surface, there's a tarma- there's a there's tarmac and then it's a concrete insert, isn't there, there on the the heavy wear. That happens a number of places around the track and that takes a little bit of getting used to
3: yeah it does it because there's certainly a different co- coefficient of grip if you like uh, when you go from the asphalt to the to the concrete and then back again but uh you know they're, they're there f- it's there for a good reason it's there for because these cars take quite a beating the track takes quite a beating and harsh winters up here of course oh, in the north east and also the fact when the uh, nascar stock cars are around here pounding around with uh, a good could bit heavier than these, and
2: 3,500 pounds heck of, a lot of, horsepower. of race car, 900 with the horsepower, whatever yeah, it is, just a mere 900 horsepower from a carburetor. Well, actually, not now, they, they are uh, injected now, aren't they? put from a, a big V8, great, always a great sight round here, running on the short course, of course, rather than the one that we're running here this weekend. So, coming through to the end of the session. Not sure anybody's going to beat that time of Michael Shank racing in Ossinegri. 138.055 is the time then to beat, and that's the one we'll be looking at throughout the rest of the weekend. Max Angelini and Christian Fittipaldi sitting in behind in respectively the 10 and the 5 cars. Then joint hand in the 0-1, the Ford boost from Max Pappas second of the Axon express cars in fifth Then john bennett is the first to pc cars right up there that 54 car in amongst the prototypes. richard brett westbrook in the the number 90. it's a little bit off the pace today and when i say a little bit off the pace nearly three seconds off the pace at the head of the field now okay there's a second between the michael shank racing prototype and the rest of the field but that still means 1.8 seconds away from the best DP car and that's we're not we're not used to seeing that from that number 90 team
3: no we're not are we It's certainly is sort of farther off than we would not anticipated perhaps running on full tanks yeah. full fuel tanks perhaps but uh, even so uh we certainly expect to see that car closer to the front as the weekend progresses Uh, That time in PC, by the way, by Colin Brown, at 140.815, that's a a pretty stout lap there. He set the lap record here last year at 140.452, so within four-tenths of a second of the track record in PC by Colin Brown.
2: If it's uh, bigger margins than we might have expected in the prototype category,
3: (laughs) if GTLN,
2: Uh, Jeremy,
3: uh, no. Less than one-tenth of a second covers the top four mm. in that class. That'll be the Corvette of Oliver, Gav- Oliver Gavin and Tommy Milner. In second place, of course, they're coming off a win at uh, Le Mans as well, aren't they? Yeah, a the great result that was for them. In second place in the class number 25, BMW Dirk Werner. He shares that car with Bill Orblin. Third fastest Giancarlo Fisichella and Pierre Caffer in number 62, Ferrari. Fourth place, the second of the BMWs, Lucas Lure and John Edwards. And the times...
2: Uh 144479 496 501 and 527. That's the top four. Very seldom do we go down into three decimal places, but you have to there. Slip down into the pit lane. She adam is our Continental Tide pit lane reporter. Well Don, you're just talking about
4: how fast Colin Ron was earlier on and Colin, you wanted this track last year, haven't won a race this year. Is this where you can get it done?
6: I hope so. You know, these Core Sport guys have certainly been working hard. Um, You know, it's great having James Dewey back in the car with us. So, yeah, I feel like we have have really good pace so far, obviously, and, um, you know, won this race last year. And know what it takes to do it. It's just about having a good race. Who knows what the weather's going to do. But, um, you know, looking forward to it. Are you hoping for dry conditions or rain? I hope it's a little bit of a mix. You know, I think it's fun when it rains a little bit, dries out, maybe sprinkles again, keeps us... uh, on our toes and makes us earn our money for sure. So it would be exciting but you know, a fully dry race is fine. Either way it's gonna be a lot of fun. As long as you
4: win at the end, that's all that's important, right? Yeah, exactly. It's been a while since we've won a race.
6: I mean obviously, you know, have had good finishes this year, but we've set the bar pretty high, I think. So a lot of people will come up and say, Man, terrible season this far. You know, we've had three second place finishes and a fourth. So not all that terrible we're leading the championship but you know by our standards we want to be winning so hopefully we can thanks good luck thanks
2: yeah that's a good point isn't it oh awful season you haven't won a race uh, excuse me so at the points very good colin brown now with she Adam about continental Tire pit lane reporter
3: uh, and a remarkable record that team has in general b- b- particularly when james guet joins them i think he's done six races with them uh, and won three of them including here last year so uh, it's a very stout lineup there, and James Dewey, a really, really good addition to that regular driver lineup of Colin Brown and the team owner, John Bennett.
2: So, coming to the last 20 seconds of this session, the first of the Tudor United Sports Club Championship in the North American Endurance Cup. It looks like the 38 0 then is the time to beat in PC, John Bennett. Richard, Richard Westbrook has put a lap together now so we have got six prototypes ahead of the PC field so it's the 07 Mazda and the Delta wing of Catherine Leg that are just a little bit out of position there behind some of the PC runners then it's the GTLM field led by Corvettes now number three and four with Dirk Werner in third position so Antonio Garcia, the man who has recently improved a 144285 mean, he's blown it he's blown it out of all proportion now <laughs> he's found almost a tenth and a half <laughs> oh, just tremendous br- isn't this what's wrong with GTLM at the moment in terms of how close things are
3: it's not very much wrong with any of the classes no, quite for fri- cr- fr- here yeah, No need great.
2: for fiddling please uh, GTT John Potter is now aboard the Magnus racing 44. Uh, Porsche, that Andy Lally put the time in, I think, a little bit earlier on, 149.0. Uh, Kino Whitmer for the 007 Aston Martin. Now, that car came back on a tow rope, and I did not see that car go back out again. Yeah, I think
3: it has been a back out As again. Oh, it must yeah. have. He's
2: increased the yeah. laps. You're absolutely right. In fact, he's just done his fastest lap uh, a lap ago uh, on a 149.3. So, you're absolutely right. So, whatever travails befell that car it's been fixed, well mm. done guys
3: good effort there, third fastest then is Cooper McNeil and Lee Keane and Andrew Davis, at number 22 we're talking about the fastest overall there. the checker flag is out now The uh, John Pugh last time around turned at 139.7 that's a good lap by John Pugh 38.0 the fastest time of that session by his teammate Ozzy Negri, but again John Pugh showing, showing really good speed and he's consistent, too.
5: Oh, he is.
2: He's very consistent. Loving it right now. He's
3: really enjoying driving this car. He just feels that it suits his style yeah. better, more so than the DP cars he's been driving the last several years. Comes comes from an open-wheel background. Did a ro- lot of racing in the Old Star Mazda, now Pro Mazda Championship. Uh, won the, Mar- the expert or master's category in that uh, series, mm. I think, more than once. Uh, Th- so, uh, you know... Yeah, he's used to the open-wheel yes. feel, yes. which I think the P2 car has more than the DP.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably probably right. He's probably feeling it through his backside just maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, 33 cars have done laps, not all of them massively competitive, uh, although the gap between back to front of the field is merely 12.5 seconds. So it's when you consider that we have four different categories in that, that's... Uh, Yes. Not bad at all. Less less
3: than two second less than two seconds covers the entire eleven car GTD field. Yeah. Uh oh no. The fastest time is at one forty eight. Oh actually set by Kuna Whip there right at the very Right at the end, there. yes, yeah, he look, did a couple f- of quick yeah. laps then then. 48.832 there for Kuno Whitmer. What a stout effort that is.
2: Drive it like he broke it.
3: Ah, yeah, first <laughs> time in the car. Don't think he's tested it. I doubt he's tested it no. because the team was pretty busy at Le Mans. Yes. Uh, so point. what a great effort that is by Kuno Whitmer. I mean, it's a, an outstanding driver. Always underrated driver, I, I think. But you got his opportunity last year with the factory Viper team. Took full advantage of it. Should have shared the championship with uh, Jonathan Bomarito. They certainly deserved to do so. But for some reason... Uh, one of, again, several strange decisions last year by Viper. They split him for the final race, which meant mm. that Kuno was a solo champion. But uh, champion he was, and showing exactly why he's been invited to drive this TRG Aston Martin this weekend.
2: Yeah, he's just coming into put now. Pretty local.
3: Pretty local. Forgive me, uh, no, John. A bit- pretty local driver here for Kuno. He's from Montreal, which is you know just across the border, not not a million miles from here.
2: Shay Adam is still down in the pit lane as our Continental Tide pit lane reporter. Shay, can you still hear us? I can still hear you, John.
4: Can you still hear me? Yes,
2: (laughs) and where are you?
4: I'm just by Corvette World because uh, the number three car, which was the Larborough competition, just rolled back into the pits and Antonio Garcia just got out and he's having a a quick debrief with the big wigs at Corvette Racing, but I'm going to try and grab him for a quick word as soon as he's done, so I'll uh, shout up and let you know when I've got him.
2: Okay, all good. The... Fastest times then. Michael Shank Racing 60 in the prototype category. The 60, uh, excuse me, the 54 uh, core Autosports PC car. Antonio Garcia for Corvette Racing, number three. And in GTD, as you heard, Kuno uh, Whitmer coming in in the 007 Aston Martin. Yeah, the team very busy with the Aston Martin Festival, weren't they? Over there ran a couple of three cars which was a lot of fun, a lot of fun watching that on Saturday morning. So the team's now beginning to just get themselves together and uh, take the car's wrong direction up the pit lane, which still looks a bit odd, but now we know why. There's not the clearance behind on the pit return road. So let's uh, nip down, back down to Shea and uh, see how things are going down at Corvette.
4: Yeah, he's still in a meeting, so I'm going to start heading back up the other way and see if I can't find uh, Kuno from He's just got TRG. out of the car
2: at the blue 007 okay. at the TRG. Pit.
4: Well, I can see where they are because they have their pit board hung up sideways. So there's a giant 007 outside God, of their pit box, which is great. Easy to uh, keep track of where people are. It's uh, interesting when you come to a new place and learn a new pit lane. They're all a little bit different, but they're all the same because the teams tend to generally be in the same areas. And, uh, the 007 usually down. Oh, yes, exactly where I thought they would be. Oh, there's Kuno looking refreshed as always. Kuno is a massive athlete, so that 50-minute, uh, how much stint he was in the car, not going to be a big issue for him. But Kuno, if I could interrupt you for a quick second. Thanks. Welcome back to uh, Tudor, by the way. And uh, what a nice way to do it! Top of the charts for the first session.
1: Yeah, you know when you uh, when you leave when you leave a good team uh, at the 24-hour with Riley Technologies and now joining a very professional squad, uh, just just at the same ranks as these other guys. You know, TRJMR here. They're just they're just uh, you know very professional. They had a great car ready to go for me this morning, and I had never even driven the car once. So today was the first time I. I got in and drove it. So we need to do some small adjustments for comfort between Christina and I, but Christina did a very good job in the limited time she had this morning. Uh, apart from that, you know, the uh, yes, Aston Martin this morning I think was was very good. The weather suited it, and, of course, at the end we stickered up to see what the car could do for a qualifying.
4: What happened when it stopped out on track?
1: So we uh, basically, very simple, uh, we ran out of fuel. <laughs> really? Yeah, these, these things do happen when you, uh, when you you when you suck all that fuel through a big v12 so they, yeah we uh we, we just maybe had a little miscalculation and and um, i think we'll be okay for for qualifying race and all this and you know i think i think the whole weekend's actually going to depend more on weather than anything else so we could go as quick as we can but if it rains then all that's out the window
4: well clearly you're used to driving cars with uh, large engines in them i think it's fair to say and adapting very well to the aston martin but what's the biggest difference for you from it from the uh, viper's you've been driving in the past
1: I think uh, I think you could actually say that I'm more used to driving with hot feet because all these big engine <laughs> cars produce a lot of heat around the feet. <laughs> but uh, V12, V10, you know, 6-liter, 8-liter, I mean, it's, it's all up there. It's, it's not a, a six-cylinder, so it's definitely the balance on the car is very, very similar to what I was used to. Um, you know, big engine, rear transaxle, rear transaxle uh, transaxial, car gets a little light when you come down to corners, but, I mean, it's, it was pretty seamless getting into the car. I mean, it's, you know, small, minor adjustments, but it wasn't, wasn't a big deal at all. It's a really nice piece of machinery.
4: Any other places we're going to see you on the calendar this year?
1: Hopefully. I mean, uh, let's see how this weekend goes. It's a long race. I mean, maybe you could ask me that question on Sunday after the 6 hour.
3: we
4: Will do. Thanks, Kuno.
1: Thank you very much. Share Adam down in the pit. lane.
3: Yeah, that was a very good effort by uh, Kuno there. He, t- he said he did a qualifying simulation at the end of that session, uh, a 1 minute 48.832. The uh, qualifying record set here last year by Lee Keenan the Porsche 148.831, so within a thousandth of a second of the qualifying record here for Kuna Whitmer, and he did he completed what probably less than 10 laps in that car in total.
2: And, and as he said, you were right. As he said, confirming what you said, what you thought. Never sat in the car before. Mm. That's talent, isn't it? That yes, is. it is. Real uh, talent. Uh, Got a couple of minutes before we wrap things up here on IMSA Radio Live from Watkins Glen. That's the first uh, Tudor Championship practice session then. Kuno Wittmer along with Christina Nielsen with the best time in GTD. Jan Magnussen and Antonio Garcia. It was Antonio Garcia who did the time in the number three GTLM Corvette. Prototype Challenge 54 Colin Brown, who did the time in that PC category car in seventh position, by the way, overall for that, and at the head of the field was Negri with a stunning 138.055. That 60 car just being pushed backwards by its team. It's in white and fluorescent orange uh, this weekend. Uh, another change. Well, actually, there's a there's a bit of silver on that car as well, rather than it just being white. I've just seen that catching the light now as it's been pushed past us. Uh, Time for one more update from down in the pit lane. Shea Adam is our Continental Tide pit lane reporter.
4: Well, I managed to hoof it down to the far side and find uh, John Pugh and Oz Negri. And John, I'll start with you. First session, top of the charts. It was a P2 here on pole last year. Is it going to be a P2 again this year?
7: Well, we certainly hope so. I don't know if we're going to get qualifying in with the weather or not. And uh, the weather in the race looks pretty interesting to say the least so really anything can happen but our car is really good we tested here two weeks ago and really figured out some problems so if it's dry it's good it's but even now we put in a compromise setup and it's uh, it's not bad it's a good race car
4: so you're okay if it rains
7: uh... generally <laughs> although i've been here when it's raining on one part of the track and it's not raining on the other so
4: makes things different with the different compounds laid out between the asphalt and the concrete so which line do you take do you even go on the rain line
7: Yeah, definitely. I definitely stay off the concrete in some of the corners. Uh, You have to go pretty wide and and rim shot it. I've done a a bit of rain racing here. I prefer not to. I prefer to have a regular race. But if we do, that's all part of racing, and that's what we do.
4: Well, you've got a great co-driver to go along with you. And Oz, 138, hello. That was a very quick lap. Is there more in the car still? Yeah, yeah, there's more in the car. Um, uh, You know, we like John said, we tested here, and uh, uh, we... We roll out of the trailer, you know, dialed in, so um, we're looking good. So you're, you're feeling okay whether it rains or it's sunny? You feel like you're still going to have a good performance? Yeah,
6: it's the same for everybody, so we just have to do the best we can with
4: what we have, and, and if, again, if it's good enough, it would be good enough. Well, I saw from the pit lane you, Mr. Pio, and Mr. Shank up uh, above a certain pit box at Le Mans, I do believe, unless I'm much mistaken. Have fun.
7: Oh yeah, definitely I had fun first time there and taking a lot of notes and hopefully I'll get there next year. But what a fantastic race! It's great to be connected with that whole that whole race series over here.
4: It's a good view from above the uh, Lechier pits, isn't it?
7: Perfect view, perfect.
4: And uh, thank you both for th- taking the time to talk. But one quick question: sure. Is this going to be another pole is here for you guys? I mean, we go for it, and uh, hopefully it will. So. But, you know, what really matters is to be first at the end of the six hours. So that's what we are shooting for. Best of luck. Thanks.
2: Do need a little bit of luck as well. They've uh, been bereft of that at times this season. Went out when in a really good position at Sebring. Did a lot of damage to the car. And they've been on the back foot just a little bit since then. But good to see them back at the top of their game here. That's Michael Shank Racing. John Pugh, Osnegri talking to our Continental Tide Pit reporter, Shea Adam. You wouldn't bet against them repeating that when it comes round to qualifying, though, Jeremy?
3: No, absolutely not. And uh, yeah, they're riding, uh, they've, they've had some ups and downs this season, certainly, but they're riding a, a couple of uh, podium finishes the last two races. Uh, one of the tracks certainly suited them. Uh, that would be Mazda Raceway, Laguna Seca. But uh, Detroit wouldn't necessarily been one of the f- tracks you would have favoured them to finish perhaps that high up. So they've, they've, they're really on a bit of a roll right now, and they know they've got a fast car coming into the sale in six hours on Sunday.
2: They need to get it to the end of the race. They're right on that. They want to grab some points for the championship. They haven't had the best of runners i i in, intimate it. but i i think a bit of pride as well at Stair Key this weekend for those guys
3: yeah because uh, you know they, they probably should have won the race at Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca a, a couple of rounds ago that was a car that track that suited them as does here at Watkins Glen uh, they didn't get it done there It had to make do with a third place finish in the end so they want to set that record straight and here's the place to do it
2: PC, great time by Colin Brown putting him right on the tail end of the prototype field and Core Autosport right back in form
3: again. Yeah, I mean, and and again, James Goue joined, joined in a regular driver lineup for this weekend. He's a bit of a lucky lucky charm, I think, for that team. <laughs> uh, he always performs extremely well for them, and uh, yeah, they haven't yet uh, been been in victory on the top of the the victory podium yet this season. But I wouldn't bet bet against them on Sunday.
2: Could be a bit of a a fairy tale in GTLM as well with the Labra competition, the three car, uh, top of the timing here at the moment. That was... Jan Magnuson, Antonio Garcia did the time. It'd be Great to see them turn that into a pool position as well. What a headline that would make after Jan Magnussen's crash on Thursday evening. That's just about it from this first practice session of the Tudor United Sports Car Championship live here on Watkins Glen International. Make sure you check the schedule and come back to us. We have all of the action from the big championships and the support races live here on IMSA Radio. This program
0: is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.